Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. I'm super pumped to be chatting with my good friend and business growth expert, Mel Williams. Her superpower is finding practical and creative ways for businesses and individuals to diversify, grow, and maximize their potential. In a previous life, Mel has gone from marketing sheep and cattle vaccines to championing partnerships from the big banks through to Australia's largest over 60 member-based program. She joined her first board director role at age 38 and continues her huge passion for partnership and growth with organizations big and small. Mal is known for often seeing opportunities that others don't. So welcome, you rock star. Thank you, Julie. I don't actually know how to continue on after that. That was such a good welcome. Absolutely. You're amazing. And it's so good to be chatting with you. It's taken us a while to get to this stage. Maybe we should just leave it at that welcome and then that'll work. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've got lots and lots to chat about. So let's jump into it. Now, the first question that I love asking people, because this is the essence of this podcast, is about making it count. So I'd love to know how you feel that you're making it count in your world. It's a real tricky question. There's a real onus on that one. So for me, it's really all about leading by example. And and this has really come up over the last two years. For me, the last two years have really, really changed things. And I know, I know there's the C word in that and COVID, but it, it really has changed. I know it's actually something that we've spoken about a lot. So we've had a lot of discussions over the last two years. We met. 18 months ago, right bang before we went back into the Victorian lockdowns again. But for me personally, these last two years have been challenging because, you know, I've been stuck working from home and we've had the, I've had my kids at home with me. But that whole leading by example and being a positive role model, not only in the, the workplace and the people around me, but also for my kids, has just really become paramount and really important. And just really stepping up in that space. It's always been something that I have been really passionate about because I'm a firm believer in displaying behaviors in yourself that you want others to display back to you and I think that if you can role model that out that's what you get back but then on the on the flip side of that one thing that has become paramount in the last I guess the last few months has also been role modeling those positive behaviors back to myself So in what I talk to others about, I've had to start talking to myself about. When, you know, I'll be talking to colleagues or my team about, you know, positive change, um, looking after yourself um, and dealing with things as they come to you, 
it's like in the last few months it's it's talking to myself and looking after myself during times of change and looking for positive outcomes because it's one thing to talk to others about those things but then also talking to yourself about that so I've had to flip it yeah I love that it's and and that is so important because you need to look after yourself first you need to be that leader of self first so that role model to yourself first as you say to be able to be a role model to others so definitely um over the last few years it has been making it count by being a positive role model Love it. You're talking my language. Talking your language. So now let's talk. <laughs> yes. Now let's talk your language because you have this incredible ability to identify opportunities for growth, whether that be growth for collaborations or um, growth for, you know, business development, whatever that looks like. You've just you're amazing in, in terms of how you can join the dots from the most obscure things. So how have you honed this skill? You're very kind in your words there, but it really has been over the last 20 years I've honed this and I've, and I've built and led some amazing sales and marketing growth initiatives. And I love what I do. And I think that's where it comes from. I love it. I've spent my time working in corporates and not-for-profits on the, the board that I've been working with, and I've built partnerships and sponsorships across many different categories, and I've seen great success in bringing not only much-needed revenue into businesses, but also putting a strategic lens, rather, to deliver, you know, higher-value customers into businesses lower churn, lower cost to acquires, and also building programs that can scale. And fundamentally, I attribute this to the fact that as a marketer, that, that I'm a marketer by trade, I, I'm a really creative thinker. Um, so I've got that creative side and I have a knack for, for strategy, numbers and vision. And like you said, um, have this unique ability to see through the clutter and find those opportunities that others wouldn't necessarily identify. As as a marketer, I have a growth mindset and I just I just have this ability to put those pieces together and find those opportunities. And when I put those pieces together, I challenge that full spectrum and we come up with solutions that are unique and they don't cost the world in time or in money and they're realistic and they're achievable. And I just, I, I love it. I'm so passionate about it. I can certainly <laughs> hear your passion and see it and I know it as well. But I think those those skills of like having that real creative ability and also the the mind for numbers is quite unique as well, which is awesome. So it certainly works for you. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. I love a good Excel spreadsheet. So I'll have an idea. I'll be sitting down with a, a, a client or a, a colleague, and we'll, we'll come up with an idea, and we'll, we'll go away and we'll put some strategy down on paper, and then we'll have to 
pull out the Excel spreadsheet and work out those numbers, return on investment. We'll put our channels together and work out which channels are going to perform. What's the cost going to look like? Are we spending things in the right place? And what are the best channels to market for this particular program that we're looking at? What makes most sense? Not what's the most popular, but what makes most sense for this particular program or particular strategy that we're looking at and then work that through from a numbers perspective to make sure that it's going to deliver so understand how those numbers are going to perform yeah so I love that commerciality about you as well make sure you can track that and know where it's going and know where it's heading and then if it's not heading the right direction do something about it and I always like to operate what I do as if, as if it was my own money that I was investing. I come from a, I come from a family of small business operators, and I think that has instilled that in me. In that to be very, very responsible for everything that I do. Yes, I love that. I think that approach makes you like a totally. Um, What's the word? From a leader's perspective, like to have someone working in the business who actually does that and has that mindset, it's just invaluable. It's just, it means so much and just, I think, takes you to another level. It's just a level of responsibility, I think. Totally. So tell me, building strategic connections and partnerships is something that many don't know how to do well and can really struggle with. You know, it's just something like it sounds great, but when you go into thinking about how do I do that, like what are the steps that I take, it can be quite overwhelming, like knowing what to do. So what are your top three tips for doing this? It can be hard, Julie, but on the flip side of that, there is so much power and potential in building a good partnership or or collaboration like essentially it's a warm introduction between two audiences like a welcome hello or an endorsement breaking it down into top three tips to put in a partnership I call it a toolbox the first one is knowing your market so when you go in know who it is that you'd like to partner with so do a market scan and once you know who it is that you would like to go after, start connecting. I like to say connect, connect, connect. So start connecting in with that with that target market. So you might not land the first one that you're after, but keep going until you find that right match. And then the second step, When you have found that right match, start identifying your mutual goals. And that is really important because once you've found someone that you would like to partner with, you must be on the same page. Because, and this is sort of a funny thing to say, but nobody wants a barbecue meat lover's pizza delivered when they ordered sashimi. (laughs) Like it's just going to lead to disappointment. That is definitely going to lead to disappointment. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants that. So you need to be really clear in what it is that you're both after from this and set it out in some sort of agreement that is right for you. 
Now, that might not be a full-blown partnership agreement, depending on what sort of organisation you are. If you're, a, if you're a corporate, that's likely to be a formal partnership agreement. If you're a smaller organisation, that might look slightly different. You don't want to, might not want to get legals involved, et cetera. But it's just setting out the parameters in terms of what each of you is going to be doing. Yeah. Identify your mutual goals and understand exactly where you're headed. Then the third step, maintain strong communication throughout your partnership. So once you have your partnership up and running, it's really important that you set a cadence of connection that works between both parties. And I can't stress this enough. If you're not regularly communicating on where your partnership is at and how you're tracking towards your goals, lack of communication can be where good partnerships go to die. So just maintaining that is really crucial. Yeah, 100%. Communication is the fundamental for the success of everything, I believe. Yeah, if you don't communicate, it's, you know, you don't know where you're headed. So just to, to wrap those three up, the three tips are to know your market, know who it is that you'd like to partner with, identify your mutual goals once you've found that, that partner and maintain strong communications along the way. And that's a really simplistic way to look at it, but they're three crucial things to do along the journey. And these are the things that you help businesses with, isn't it? Yeah. They're things that I build into every partnership that I work on and can help others with. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehide.com.au. And even if you think, like if you were going, if you identified someone or a brand that you wanted to partner with and you think, my God, that's just really obscure, but you can see there's some sort of synergy there. Do you encourage people to to go for that when they're first starting out or do you encourage people to go for something that's a little bit more obvious in terms of the fit? I think if you research the opportunity and know what it is, like be clear in what it is that you would be reaching out to that potential partner about, then absolutely go for it. But be clear in what you're reaching out to them for because if you're not clear what you're reaching out for, becomes very hard to identify what goal it is that you're going to be after in that partnership and it can become very messy. So you don't want to go into anything where you can't then identify those mutual goals because if it's not clear, it's going to become messy. 
Yeah. Now you've got a really good saying around that in terms of like the marketing space. If your nana can't understand it or something similar in terms of being really, really clear and having that clarity. So if you can't explain it, you, you say it because I think it's a really good one. I often say if nana, if nana can't understand it, no one's going to understand it. Now, Mel, you sit on the board of Variety. So tell us a bit of what, bit about the work they do and why are you so passionate about this? So Variety is very close to my heart. I took on this board role back, you, you said it really kindly in the intro, back when I was 38 years old. So it was a couple of, couple of years ago now. But um, effectively, Variety is a children's charity founded back in 1927. Our purpose is to support children that are living with a disability, illness or disadvantage. And effectively in Australia, we support around 80,000 kids nationally each year, which is a really large number of children. And throughout the pandemic, this has become more and more important as um, more and more children you know, sit on that disadvantage um, and disability um, scale. So my role there is sitting on the grants committee, which means that when families put in a submission for support, myself and the committee go through all of those applications. And I I tell you, Julie, there is nothing more levelling than going through the submissions of um, families for the support. And then, but I also sit on the committee for partnerships and I work across marketing and fundraising. Absolutely love it. I was super young when I when I took on this with the fam- so I wasn't, I wasn't super young, but I had a super young family when I <laughs> when I took this on. Linking it back to making it count, when I was approached for for the the board role, I thought to the first to be completely honest, the first thing I thought to myself was what does a director do? So I had to google it. And then I thought to myself, how the hell am I going to do that when I'm working full time and I've got young kids? And I thought, no, no, we're going to make this work because I'm going to be a positive role model here and I'm going to show my kids and I'm going to show my family and I'm going to show the people that I work with that you can do anything and it doesn't matter how busy (laughs) It can be that opportunities come along and you just have to do it. I thought, we'll make it work. We're just going to make it work. And we absolutely did. And it is by far one of the best things that I've ever done. We we have made it work. And I'm so proud of that. And my, my kids get involved. And we talk about variety all the time with the kids um, and they've actually been involved in some of the, some of the collaborations and some of the work that we've done, which has been amazing. But yeah, it's um, it's very, very close to my heart. Awesome. I can just imagine how rewarding and how fulfilling a role like that would be, particularly when you're talking about 80,000 kids nationwide each year. The, the most rewarding part, particularly being on the, the grants committee, is when, um, when the grants are, are approved is seeing them come to fruition. So when, say, an assistance dog, is is approved and then and then you see the outcomes of that you see the family and the child get the assistance dog or you see a community grant like a um a piece of equipment for a park in a community one of, like a, one of those carousels that sits in a park you see the funding of that go through and then you see you see that in a park and it's like oh we funded that 
the, you see kids playing on it. And because it's inclusive, so it's all kids can play on that and it's all about inclusion and that is so amazing. I just, I just love it. Yeah, I can see that. And it must have been really difficult throughout COVID, like, you know, because I'm assuming with a lot of other charities, you rely on events very heavily for the fundraising aspect. We do. Variety relies heavily on events. We're an event-based charity and there has been a really big shift to diversify into digitally-led channels and that has been great to be part of the transformation there and we now have a number of digitally led programs so we've gone into a gaming for good which is level up for kids program we've got coming up in september a you'll love this one a doggy oh sorry a pet dress up competition called pet timber <laughs> which is in its third year and getting stronger and stronger each year so cute but then you know we've, we've got the we've got the the bash coming up again in august which has in victoria has been on hold for the last two years because of covid but that's coming up again this year and we're going out for our 30th year which is actually its 32nd year but it's been paused for two years so it is such an exciting time this year oh that's so good so good now mal you mentioned it before in terms of making it work with everything else that you're juggling so I mean you love people you love going out and about you love your work you're also a mum of two one who has a business of her own a little entrepreneur (laughs) no surprise Uh, your wife and all the rest of it so there's a lot of giving in terms of energy there so how do you ensure that you replenish your own cup well yes you're right I do love people and I do love being around people but I also I, I do like going back into myself and spending time quiet quiet time so I'm one of those I'm one of those extrovert introverts where I do get a lot of energy from being around people, but then equally it's like, oh, my goodness, I need to just go and spend some time alone. So, you know, the, it has been difficult over the last last two years where we've been restricted from our contact with people. Definitely um, being on Zoom, I've been able to do some of that, which has been great. But during that time, my 11-year, my she's 11 now, did start her own little business, which has been amazing fun. My daughter came home from school one day and she said, Mum, I want to start my own business. And I thought, oh, no, you do not. <laughs> and then she said, <laughs> she said to me, I want to call it Me, Myself and Pie. And I thought, oh, that's a bit cute. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. The marketer in me said, thought, tell me more. She said, I want to make cakes. I thought, no, 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 no. We are not making cakes. We are never making cakes. Let's brainstorm this a little bit more. And then she she came home with a logo that she liked the look of. And you know, we workshopped through, you know, maybe it could look a little bit different than that, which she didn't like the uh, feedback on but (laughs) she came back with another logo and it looked great and then we workshopped what the business could be she wanted to continue down the cake route and she came up or together we came up with an idea that it could be packet mix cakes thought wow this this could have legs so when we started going down into lockdown so we had heaps of time 
And we started researching what that could look and feel like and started developing out a range together. In the meantime, she created herself a Canva account and built out a logo, which as a marketer, I was like, ooh, here we go. She did a great job. So with a little bit of tweaking, she had a she had a business name, a logo, and the beginnings of a product. And I was like, oh, hang on, we're getting somewhere here. Mm. The apple has not fallen far from the tree. Oh, I know, seriously, this is what happens when you're in lockdown, Julie. And be- before we knew it, we had me, myself, and Pi in a range of four cake mixes. She had an Etsy account and um, a house registered to um, mix mixes. She was off and then she started uh, proofy, like we did proof of concept. She was able to sell. She now has a website and she sells at local markets. And, yeah, she's 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 off and she's got a little business plan. I love it. And the cake mixes are amazing. I often use them. I use them here. We had a fundraiser at the school on the weekend where um, they called out for for cakes to to go up and I thought right I'm just going to open up I'm going to open up one of the mixers and whip up some cakes and take them up there and it was nice and easy to do that but yeah when it comes back to we do lead a very busy life but how do I how do I find time for myself my time out is my morning walk we have a puppy and he gets um he gets the benefit of the morning walk with the coffee and also I go to the gym a couple of times a week. I'm very fortunate in that my my partner and I we're we're very much equals in our relationship. He is he is just as much a parent as I am, if not more. He is a much better traditional wife than I am. He picks up most of the slack at home. I'm I'm useless around here. Um, I probably leave a bigger mess around this place than um, either of the children and he's very good at cleaning that up and cleaning up the pieces thankfully because I'm not very good at doing that at the best of times but yeah that's that's how we how we manage I think that's so incredibly important you know it's something I always remember reading in Cheryl Sandberg's book Lean In is that if you if you partner well if you have an equal relationship that that just makes things so much easier because you know the load of home isn't on the you know traditionally the female's shoulders or the wife's shoulders or one person's shoulders it's it shared so I love that Paul you know I love that you've got that equal relationship with um your partner so <laughs> And I love that you're useless around the house. <laughs> no, no. I think I think I think my words I often use are I'm a I'm a shit wife. Um, the place would fall apart. <laughs> oh my god, Mel, that is too funny. And I think that's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> but I am very glad that you do take time out for yourself because as a role model that's very important for you to be demonstrating that to your team to your children also for your partner and those around you and showing that you do look after yourself as well as looking after others so Mel it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you as always and um, thank you for sharing your brilliance with the Making It Count audience and I'll be sharing in the show notes how people can get in contact with you thank you and just keep shining your light for others Mel you're amazing thank you so much for having me Julie 
pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.